What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, Thoughts by the Good Guy Podcast. Today, we have a um, special guest. You know, I try to bring you different uh, people that can tell their stories and that can hopefully help us with things that we may be going through in our lives and our situations. So today, I have someone with me. Interesting young lady that I met through, uh, I believe it was through Facebook. Her name is Sandell. Yo, do you go by Sandell Barnes now or Sandell Taylor? Taylor. Sandell Taylor. So, we ran into each other on a Facebook group and and, and she had a, a great story that she was trying to get out to the world. So, what better, better place to do it than here at Thoughts About Good Guy, the podcast? So, Sandell, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So, first off, yes, my name is Sandell Taylor, and currently I am a wife, a mother, and I am now competing for Mrs. World as Mrs. Germany 2020. Sweet. So... Let's just go ahead and get into it. So, the build up into where you are now. You had a had a catastrophic event back in two thousand five. Explain that to us. So in two thousand and five, my father actually suffered from a heart attack and stroke. Um, just actually after I graduated high school. And when he suffered his heart attack and stroke, it was pretty severe. He had lost complete um, motion on the left-hand side of his body. And he's still actually paralyzed to this day on the left-hand side of the body. He can't walk without um, being in a wheelchair, high-back wheelchair. And you know, he doesn't really tend to get out too, too much. But with that, I was living with him at the time. And so... Me and my brother at the time actually ended up losing our home because, you know, at 17 and 18 and 19 years old, you know, who can take care of the whole house and all the bills and not really know all the information. So at that time, we ended up losing our home, which left me at the time with a small amount of dealing with some homelessness. So I ended up, after losing the house, moving out away from my house where, you know, I grew up and learned to live about, which is really hard actually to do when you're around that age. I probably moved about, at that time, it was about over a little bit, over an hour and a half away. Now, that doesn't seem like a really far place to live, but when you move that far from the city to where you're not used to being from, it kind of changes your aspect on life. So, I moved to a little town, which if anybody's familiar with it, like I said, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, it was Charleroi, Pennsylvania, and it's very, very different from living in the city. There's really not much to do, not many things to see. Um, so you kind of end up trying to find things to do, and mm-hmm. that's when I met my 
unfortunately fell victim to being a victim of domestic violence. So I chose to leave when my son was just an infant. Um, again, with really nowhere to go, um, I stayed between my family's house and friends' houses because my family at the time lived really, really close to him. So that's one of the reasons why I didn't choose to stay with him too, too often um, because I was just fearful at the time that he was going to either find me or try to hurt me or my son at the time. So I was constantly on the move until, you know, he ended up seeking help and he's in full recovery now. So I'm very thankful for that. And it kind of brought me to this new place in my life where in 2010, um, I met my current husband and just kind of changed my life around. So going through that, um, domestic abuse, how, because a lot of, a lot of women and men go through that type of situation. How did you build the courage, or what was the process of building the courage to remove yourself from that situation? I kind of always use the phrase, it was kind of the last straw. Mm. Um, and I don't really mean to refer to it as that because I wish I would have had the courage to leave sooner. Um, there were a lot of signs and symptoms there that I just ignored. Um, but it was actually when a really good friend of mine at the time we were sitting downstairs in my home, and I'll never forget this moment, probably until the day that I die. And I was holding my son at the time, and she was right next to me sitting on the couch. I was literally about to hand her the baby. This is the first time she had seen my son. And he ran down the stairs from upstairs. He picked me up by my throat, slammed me into the ground, and then proceeded to pour beard in my eyes whenever I contacted him and I lost my vision for three days because wow. my eyes were basically kind of like damaged after that he actually picked me up physically and put me into the wall because at the time he had thought that I had did something to the drugs that he was on which that's when I realized that he was actually on drugs because he actually vocally stated it I had had suspicions but never had proof and that was the moment where I had to go um so at the time my friend had the baby he had left the um house that we were staying in and I just literally took everything that I could find I got in my car and I just left wow that's that's harsh now and that's something that um I can kind of, I can't relate to from the end of, I've never been through physical abuse, but my mother was actually a victim of uh, domestic violence from my father, but I was too small to, to, to know about it. And, you know, that was the reason why they end up divorced. And I was very small. I was like, I had like just started walking when they got divorced. And I didn't find out about that till I was probably a teenager, you know, but it's something, yeah, so, so. And it's something that, that my father on his end still won't, will never, uh, he, won't, he won't talk about it. But I've, I've heard the stories, you know, to confirm it from not only my mother, but my sisters. They was of age to actually see her go through that, man. So I'm glad that you um, got yourself out of that. Now, how did you, how did you start your recovery from, from um, getting, when, once you separated yourself from your, uh, the ex-husband? What was the process of starting that recovery? Yes. So, actually, we were never married. Okay. Um, me and my son's father were never married. 
Um, it was a lot of just really, I don't even consider it recovery. I consider it more just surrounding yourself with the people you want to be around. Mm-hmm. So I removed a lot of the negativity out of my life and I kind of brought myself back into the surroundings of positivity. So one of the things I mentioned earlier was I kind of moved back where I felt like was home. So I moved back down to closer to where I was from and just started surrounding myself with people that I really wanted to be around and got myself involved with a couple different organizations. So the first one being um, the Dress for Success program. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one of those here in Pittsburgh, and it's a program that allows women who either haven't really been in the workforce for a while or are still looking to improve their history of work experience and find a better job that they can go through that program and actually get help to find a better job. And in transition with going through that program, you actually get access to childcare. Um, So that was the very first thing that I did was I enrolled myself in that program. And I went through that program. And it's funny because my husband will tell you that that program, I'm glad that I had it, but I learned a lot of what not to do in that program because he ended up having to rearrange my entire resume for me that I got from the program. But (laughs) it helped me to actually just get a foundation of nice clothes to wear for an interview. Um, the basic foundation of how to rewrite your resume when you haven't been in the workforce for a while. Um, like I mentioned before, access to childcare that I didn't have at the time. Um, so it allowed me to kind of get my foot in the door, so to speak, of being able to transition that to kind of structure myself to have a little bit of a footing under under me. Okay, that's cool. And you also said that you, you volunteered at one point giving haircuts to the homeless. I want to commend you for that. I still do that actually. I'm working on starting my own nonprofit. So, ever since I kind of went back into the workforce, I've been I've been doing hair since I was in high school. I went to high school and got my cosmetology license. I've been mm-hmm. doing hair since I was 17. Oh, man. Um, and I've been volunteering with actually who I work with now, a friend of mine who I work with now since then. And we actually go around the city. The, this event that I've been doing for the longest is called the Stand Down for Vets, and that actually just took place here in Pittsburgh. And we do free haircuts for veterans, and it, the event's typically outside. Um, and it's really, really fun. There's a lot of different things for vets, access to health care, dental care, eye care. It's, it's really, really cool. It's a big event. They typically shut down an entire um, block for it, and we do haircuts. So that was the very first thing that I kind of got involved with. And then just working with her, she did a lot of haircuts for homeless, women's shelters, um, children's hospitals and stuff like that. And that's something that, like I mentioned to you earlier, kind of helped me is, you know, people don't realize like when you're trying to do a budget, your hair kind of falls to the bottom of the list. Yeah. And if you look at employment statistics, people judge you right off the bat about how you look. Mm-hmm. And even though they can't think if you do research, of employers have admitted to not hiring the person because of their grooming standards, which is hair. And for men, it's hair and facial hair. Mm -hmm. And whenever I saw that and realized that a haircut can actually change somebody's life, as silly as that sounds, as, you know, um, easy as that sounds, it really made me want to do more because, like I said, I have the education that I can do it. And a haircut doesn't really cost me a lot of money. It's just my time, really. You know, I have the clippers. I have the shears already. 
Um, but yes, those were an investment, but it's already paid back tenfold by, you know, just getting out there and hearing, oh, well, you know, you gave me that haircut and I was able to get a job or you gave me my haircut and I was able to get housing or, you know, you gave my, me my haircut and I was able to get an interview. And that's, it's, it's really been an amazing thing that I've been able to do. So now I'm working on starting my own nonprofit. Um, um, it's in the works. Haven't, it's not there yet, but I'm actually looking to call it the haircut project. And it's going to be basically giving haircuts to veterans, low income, um, first responders, so police, EMS, just the people who are in your life that, you know, can change your life. And that includes people that we don't even realize, you know, people that are on the street that you see that, you know, need that help. So I'm, I'm really excited to be working on yeah. that too. And I, I get that 100% because I've always said that, you know, the, a haircut or a hair, hairdo can do, can make or break a person when you, uh, when you meet them. Like that, that grooming it is very important because we look, we look like totally different people, especially, uh, for me, from my perspective, being a, a melanated man, when my hair, the longer my hair gets, no matter if I don't groom it well, I look rough. I look rough. If it, it I could have an Afro as long as I'm constantly taking care of that Afro and keeping it lined up and keeping it neat and trimmed. But if I wake up in the morning and I don't touch my hair, I look like a whole different, you get a whole different vibe off of it. You know what I mean? I, I understand 100%, yes. Yeah. So, um, but what made you, you particularly, I like to ask people this, what was it that made you particularly want to be the one, want to be the person to help other people? Because I feel like that's important to to get to the why of things, you know? to obtain that to not only that place that I was in my life, having those foundational aspects of me being able to get help, but also meeting my husband. So my husband and I have been together since 2010 and I call ourselves the power couple because we really balance each other a lot. He's very quiet, but when he, you know, when you need to talk to him, he talks, but I'm like the outgoing person. And I'll talk to just about anything. And he, you know, said to me, he's like, you know, you do all these amazing things. Why don't you just make it a business? And I never really thought of it that way. And so he's really kind of the driving force behind, like, me wanting to take it a little step further. Mm-hmm. But it changed my life. And if it wasn't for that program, I really don't know where I would be today. If I didn't have access to that program, I, I really couldn't say that my life would be on this track. It could probably be on a very different track um, because I was a single mom at the time. This is obviously prior to me meeting my husband. When I went through that program, I was a young mom. I was, you know, living in low-income housing. And unfortunately, that could have, taken it and and been way worse yeah. you know but that program that I had access to really enabled me to change my life and because I have those tools and like I said it's very it's very simple for me it doesn't cost me money mm-hmm. cost me time and you know, my skills if it's something small that I can do to change somebody else's life I'm going to continue to do that as long as I'm able and God's willing to allow me to continue to, to do that that's yeah. what I'm going to do that's awesome. 
So let's get to into some 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 we're building up to positivity. Let's get into some more positive things. So you went from the homelessness, the abusive relationships, to rebuilding yourself to becoming Miss Pennsylvania. Yes. So what got you into the uh the pageant pageantry? I don't know if I said that right. since I was three years old my dad was a photographer growing up and I realized that in my town there really wasn't a lot of work for models and I still wanted to do something with modeling but I wanted to do it where I could model and be a role model if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and so actually one of my really good friends reached out to me for my very first ever pageant it was the actually Mrs. at the time Mrs. which is MRS Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. American Beauty pageant which is um not as it's a little bit less of um oh well it's lesser known but it's still a really good um pageant system and um I did it because I realized how much you can actually do with pageantry so a lot of people have the misconception because either they watch movies about pageantry or they see like stuff online that just isn't true um, pageantry is all about uplifting women, especially in the in the merit division. Um, from what I've witnessed in pageantry, it's about empowering other women. It's about empowering yourself. And every woman that I've met in pageantry, whether they've been single or married, they have a reason for doing pageantry. So a lot of women have a platform. Um, that's what we call it, is a reason why you want to do pageantry. Mm-hmm. And being in pageantry, I always call it like the shiny microphone and crown, you know. It gives you that microphone that you, you, as Sindel, like I have a really cool name, which is kind of, you know, took me time to grow into, can't hide from it, makes me stand out a little bit. Um, I get to talk to people all the time, but as Mrs. Pennsylvania America 2018, I now have a, a larger platform, a larger voice where more people I'm able to talk to and speak to and pay attention to what I have to say and are really looking to me for what I have to say and engage in what, what I have to say. It, it's really phenomenal. So I refer to it as like the power of the crown and sash. You know, you have that larger microphone to really make a change in the world. And that's kind of what drew me to it. And then the side aspect is, you know, like you mentioned, like you can roll out of bed and you, you know, you're looking good, but every girl wants a reason to look good every so often. And pageantry helps me do that. So it pushes me to be my best self. You know, it helps me want to continue to work out. It helps me to want to, you know, stay in shape and, you know, fix my hair and do my makeup and, you know, sometimes, you know, put on a nice dress and it really kind of gets me out in the community even more than I already am. And it, it's pretty cool. It's a really cool um, aspect. If you never competed in a pageant, I totally would tell you to look into it um, because it teaches you a lot about yourself. It teaches you a lot about what do you want out of life. And what are you looking to do? Yeah, you definitely just taught me something with that one because I had no idea that there was, uh, as you said, a purpose behind the pageantry. I thought it was just, you know, a bunch of nice-looking ladies who wanted to show the world that they look nice. Now, how hard is it? Because I'm pretty sure a lot of preparation goes into it. How hard is it to prepare for a pageant? Um, I don't like to use the word hard. Mm-hmm. I like to use the word challenging. Mm-hmm. It is challenging, 
Um, you have to, I feel like the biggest prep is mental prep. As you know, you know, we're always kind of second guessing ourselves and a lot of, especially, unfortunately, women and men look at the next person and judge themselves, which is, you know, kind of a unfortunate thing that happens just as a natural human. So it's a lot of mental prep. And I feel like that's the hardest part is if you mentally prepare yourself to know that there's only one you, you know, no one else in this world is Sindel, uh, especially me. So I can only be me. And at the end of the day, if I prep myself right, if I know that, you know, I've been working out hard every day, if I know that I've been doing what I need to be doing as far as getting my appearances, getting, you know, on like this show, working with my family, working with my goals, at the end of the day, you're still winning. Um, I feel like that's what I say with the word challenging. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to, again, uh, account my husband. He's been a really amazing asset to me i've been getting up for for working out at 5 30 every day which he knows i'm not a morning person um but you know and that wakes him up and he'll like you know just keep encouraging me and then i'll you know work out at home so he's been helping me like if i'm getting up he's getting the kids ready or if i'm working out at night he's cooking dinner um so it's really about having a good foundational support team that's surrounding you again like i said kind of surround yourself with the people who want to inspire you who want to help you and it, it's it, it's it's a good challenge it makes you feel really good you know i'm starting mm -hmm. to you know just kind of get into that aspect of getting ready to leave here in seven weeks i leave in seven weeks to compete so that's kind of crazy to think about so um uh, what pageant are you getting ready to compete in now I'm currently actually getting ready to compete at the Mrs. World pageant, which is the number one pageant for married women currently in uh, right now on the standings of pageantry. It's going to be held at the in Las Vegas at the Westgate Casino, and I actually leave the day after Thanksgiving. Um, I leave Friday morning to compete, and I'm competing as Mrs. Germany 2020, so I'm representing my heritage, which is really, really cool. Um, it's a it's a different way that you can get out there and represent where you actually come from or where you were born or where you currently live. So I'm representing my heritage, which is actually from my dad's side of the family, which is which is really awesome. Okay, that's 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 super dope. Now, for us that are listening, for the people out there who have heard everything that you said, and they're at the point where they're like, you know what, I like to get involved. I like to uh, to help out with some of these organizations, where can they go to, uh, or get in, how can they get in contact with you if they'd like to be a part of the things that you have going on that can help them give back to the community or to try to, uh, quote unquote, recover, rebuild themselves? Absolutely. Um, so the first thing I would tell anybody is that if they want any information about any of the programs that I'm in that they can definitely reach out to me on social media. My name is the same on every social media platform. So it's Sandell Taylor. Um, I know that we're going to put it in the, probably in the comments area on the page cause it's really difficult to spell, but I'll spell mm -hmm. it right now. S A N D A H L. It's a very unique name. So as soon as you type it in, I'm probably going to be the only one who pops up. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter under that same name. If they want to find out more about the Mrs. World pageant, they can simply go to mrsworld.org 
and they can have all the information about Mrs. World itself competing in beauty pageants. On the Mrs. World website, it links you to their other pageants, and they also have other divisions. In case you're not married, they also have a Miss Division that's new this year. And then I can link them to any of the organizations that I went through to get help. And also, if they don't happen to have that in their state or wherever you're living in, I'm sure that there's something that we can find to get them in contact with. Okay, sweet. Now, I don't want to hold you here all day, but one thing I like to do with my guests before I let them get out of here is I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. Take your time. If there's one message that you want to get out to the world, that you want to uh, uh, spread, now is your time. What is the message that you want to spread out there to the men, to the women, the little girls, the little boys, whoever, that that uh, um, to encourage them with their lives right now? What is that so, message? I love that you asked me that. It's actually one of the my favorite questions on interview, and I have two, if that's okay with you. Take your time. The first message would be just to get out there and get involved with your community. I take my kids to community service with me. There's something that you can do with your family or by yourself. There's multiple volunteer organizations in your local community. Again, if you reach out to me, I'll be happy to help you. The other message is that I like to remind people, men or women, to, it's going to sound really simple, but be a pineapple. It's one of my favorite quotes. So it says, stand tall, wear a crown, and be sweet on the inside. No matter if you've ever done pageantry or not, you have a crown on your head at all times, invisible. There's somebody somewhere looking up to you. So just stand tall, wear that crown, and be sweet on the inside. Be a pineapple. Y'all heard. I like that one. I like that one. Be a pineapple. Say it again. Stand tall. Wear your crown and be sweet on the inside. Did I get that right? You got it. You got it. That is freaking sweet right there. Now, thank you, uh, Sandow, for taking the time out to talk with us here at Thoughts by the VLDI podcast. Uh, we appreciate you coming through. Is there anything else you want to get out there before we before we disconnect? No, just thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to put this out to all the listeners and I look forward to talking with you guys again. All right. As always, thank y'all for tuning in to Thoughts by the VLDI, the podcast. I love each and every last one of y'all.